apartment. He went to the bar with his buddies, and he saw my grandma from across the room. She was dancing and laughing and smiling with her girlfriends and just, like, so free. And, and he just, like, saw her, and he told his buddy, he's like, you see that girl over there? I'm going to marry that girl. They had only gone on a few dates, and then she, he found out that she was engaged. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you probably saw a future with that person. Maybe you wanted to marry that person. And now you're still keeping in touch. I can't stop myself from feeling but I can control my actions. Cheating can be great in a lot of areas. You got me feeling good today. <laughs> well, everyone, welcome to Jam Session number one with Jazz. And Montez. Today, we're going to be covering the topics on what attracts and repels you from a person and what is love. For me, the purpose of our podcast is to provide unique perspectives on dating, relationships, and love and to provide advice based off of our values and our personal life stories. That was deep. <laughs> for me, the purpose of the podcast is because everybody keeps coming to me for advice. And to save time, y'all can just refer to these videos. <laughs> <laughs> Jam session number one is sponsored by my friend Russell Scott. This is his art behind us. This is also his hoodie. You love his art. You love him as a person. Go support him. At Modest R88. Okay, great. All right, you ready to get into these questions? I'm ready. I think. Actually, I'm not sure. <laughs> All right, let's just go. Let's just do it. All right, this is gonna be. We're getting right into it, everyone. First question: What besides love does a relationship need in order to be successful? Selflessness. I mean, it needs a lot other than love, but the major one for me is self. If if you're more off of you and on the other person collectively you'll find more growth but i think that goes across every relationship like a girlfriend boyfriend or girlfriend girlfriend or boyfriend boyfriend whatever relationship it is that's like not platonic it can go across every relationship that is also platonic as well isn't that what love is love is being selfless no <laughs> no it's not by definition of love from societal standard is what we get out of it or what the individual gets out of it but we're not basing this off societal standard, right? Or are we? I thought the whole thing was... I mean, it's all your perspective. So if someone says, I love another person, or I love another thing, or I love this color, it's not based on that specific thing. It's how that thing or that person makes them feel. Like when someone says, I love fish, you don't love that fish <laughs> because you eat that fish. If you love that fish, you would care for that fish so from a societal standpoint typically love is what you can receive not necessarily what you give most times right the thing is is that i thought we were going based off of our own meaning of love and to me real love is the epitome of selflessness that is what real love is it is unselfish it is giving it is thinking of the others or the other above yourself putting their needs above your own for me, when it says, okay, so when it says, what besides love does a relationship need in order to be successful? I feel like you just described love. What else? Can you just add to it? Besides? Yes, I'll, I'll try to add to it, but I don't know if I agree with that. You don't have to that, agree with that. That statement, when you love somebody, you put your needs before the other person. You can still love somebody and still love yourself as well. That doesn't, it doesn't make sense for me to be like, it has to be no, but, or. No, 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 no. I think you should obviously care about yourself, but- 
I am coming from a little bit more of a biblical viewpoint, which is that you love others above yourself or that you serve others above yourself or that you put their needs above yourself. But from what I heard, it's not love unless you are doing that. Like my brother, I love my brothers to death. But if they decide to do something, I'm not going to go to the nth degree to stop them from doing whatever that thing is. It doesn't mean that I don't love them because I'm not going to put myself in harm's way because they decide to do something. Now I feel like you're just changing the subject. How? <laughs> I love our, I love my brothers. But if they decide, this is a bad example because I did jump off of a 50-foot cliff. <laughs> but my we went on vacation and my brother was like, we're going to jump off of a 50-foot cliff. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if this is a good idea. <laughs> Big brother did it. Maybe I should do it. I did it. We both ended up with busted lips. We both ended up hurt. Against my better judgment. But did you regret it, though? Yes. My lip was... Bl- <laughs> what you mean? <laughs> From the immediate experience. I'm not, a, I'm not a quick thrill type of person. I'm a, a long-term gain type of person. But back to the love category. I don't feel like I need to always sacrifice in order for me to, for it to be defined as love. By that definition, does it mean that I can love somebody, but then not love them in that moment? That's crazy. That's crazy. Now you got my, my gears are turning. <laughs> my, my gears are turning. Okay, wait, wait. You, so we're still on question number one. All right, let's so, go back. So what, besides love, let's leave love aside for the second. What does a relationship need in order to be successful? Just give me like a few bullet points of your own opinion. I would have to say balance. That's a very broad statement. It is. But balance in, in, in many regards. And it's based on the standards that you and whoever that other person is, y'all create that standard. In a traditional household, and I'm not saying that I'm for or against traditional households, but by that definition, women take care of the home. And men control the chaos outside of that home so that that home can be stable. And all the small points that go into each one of those pillars, you find goods and bads, ups and downs. But typically one doesn't know the other side as much as that one who's in it every day knows that other side so it can be taken for granted so as long as it's spoken on that this side is the small things or the large things they did that that person does on this side has an equation or it equates to something that this person does on a small or large side on this side there's balance there's an understanding between those two and if we're going to do it from like a sports perspective you have a point guard and you have a center they're on the same team most times the big man is taking the beatings down low and the point guard is controlling everybody on the court to make sure that there's synergy in different arenas, but similar in different ways. They work together to find that win against anybody else who comes into their territory. Similar, there's an understanding. Is the point guard able to take that beating from time to time? Absolutely. Is that center able to direct from time to time absolutely but they have an understanding and a balance and when that balance is perfected and the way that they define perfection most times you have a winning season is that because i feel like balance is part of love too so I'm, now i'm like i don't, no, I don't know no i think that's separate i okay. mean i think that's another, another thing is separation i define relationships as two people on the same path not being the same person so when you have that separation, you have that difference, you understand that this person's a human and this person's a human, and they're individual people, it constantly shows ways that they can grow with each other along the same path. Because they can have their own goals, they can have their own loves and desires in life, and then they get to share that with the other person. 
that actually is a, another way to keep the relationship lively. But if they're on the same path, they can still mold and find commonalities that are the same goals, that are the same loves and likes. All right, I feel like I'm I'm a, I'm a step off my uh, my little pedestal. <laughs> <laughs> those are great. I think those are great. I think one of them that's really important is to be whole and secure in oneself before getting into a, a relationship and trying to have someone complete you or like fill a void within you that is not already full. So I think you need to already be whole and happy as an individual independently so that you can add to that person's life versus take from their life. I also think (laughs) healthy and open communication is big because obviously a lack of communication can cause a lot of inward misunderstandings or, you know, I don't know, just cause like strife without that. And I also think it's important to have the internal drive to constantly grow and and change and become the better version of yourself. Like if each person is doing that on their own, then that is going to create a very healthy, like a healthy relationship because you're constantly both improving. Therefore, the relationship can continue to progress and grow. Agreed. Uh, I also think to kind of piggyback off of what you had said with the whole basketball analogy, this is going to be maybe kind of a little controversial, but I did grow up in a little bit more of a traditional home and I did see this one thing work really well with my family. I think that having one person kind of have the final say, just like how you gave the example of people having balance. I also think like in a company, there's only one CEO for a reason. There shouldn't be like multiple people trying to compete for that place. So I think that you can both have valid opinions, but at the end of the day, maybe one person has to kind of bow out and be like, okay, we're going to go with that. Even though there should be agreement and there should be compromise, I think that... No, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I just don't know if I fully agree. And you don't have to. And I don't fully disagree either. But it's going to be on a topic that is how deeply is it based in their morals. Like for me, there are many things I just... I don't care about. I don't care about. Yeah. I don't... There's just a lot of things. Like people will bring up conversations and because I'm me, I'm... I love having conversation. I will have the conversation with them sometimes. Other times I'm just like, I don't care, bro. Like, what are we talking about this for? Like, there are topics that we can discuss endlessly, pointless to many other people that I will argue endlessly. Like Kobe, LeBron, and Jordan. <laughs> okay, we're not, okay, we're not going to But <laughs> I w- that's something that's not of value to somebody else that I will argue endlessly. And I understand, like, if it's something that's deep in my morals, and we're having a conversation about whatever that thing is, and she decides that I am a thousand percent against, 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 or four, 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 and I'm on the opposite end of that that spectrum. I'll be, I don't like to argue. So most times I'm just going to be like, yeah, you can have what you want, unless it's something that has to do with my future children, or if it gets in the, in the way of any of these things, family, my education, sports. <laughs> Mostly basketball and disrespect to women. So if it's controlling those things as it relates to me, then I will I will have a, a dense argument about it. Anything outside of that, I'm just like, cool, whatever you decide. So I guess it does go in alignment with what we were just talking about. What is your definition of love? Because this will be interesting because you have, what is your definition of love based off opinion? It doesn't have to be what, the, what does the world say love is? What do you say love is? I don't think love can actually be defined 
it can only be something that we put parameters on to describe our situation with another thing. I don't believe that everybody is capable of defining love as the same thing. What you feel for a certain thing and what I feel for a certain thing may be vastly different. Like, we think about our favorite colors. And I say, I love green. And you say, I love purple. What would I do if I could never see that color again? What would you do if you could never see purple again? You go, I see the perplexity in your face. For me, I'm more of a logical person. I like the vibrancy of green makes me feel great of all different hues. But if I was to never see green again, I am not going to go into a state of depression. I am not going to void myself of progress. I'm still going to be focused on the same goals where there are some people who would go through that type of trip. Again, logic and emotion. But then somebody would say, well, then you don't actually love that color green. Now we have different definitions of love. (laughs) Just because I can do without it doesn't mean I did not love that color and replace color for anything else. We're talking about love between you and a person, not colors. I just said replace color with anything else. (laughs) <laughs> you are trembling right now. Okay, but I still didn't get your definition of love. You, that was just a very, like, what? I just said I don't think you can define love. Oh, okay, so that you have no definition for it. And you think love is more of a feeling. Love is strong emotion. emotion of joy, if that's what you want me to <laughs> define. Define love. You, do, you, you try to define love. Let me know what you think. I think, I think love is, is, is an active decision, like a choice to be kind of like what I already said earlier to be selfless to prefer the other above yourself I think that's love it's being patient and kind and generous and like it has a lot of attributes love has I mean has grace it's forgiving it's not jealous or rude or disrespectful it's honoring like there's so many things I think that fall under the like the word love but I think love is more of a so now we're getting back to what I said if somebody has a human moment, does that mean that they don't love that person anymore? No, it means that they're not acting out of love in that moment. That does not mean that they do not choose to love that person. Like, you can be unloving sometimes. That doesn't mean that you do not love. Okay. That's what I think. So once you love someone, you always love them is what you're saying. Okay, now we're talking about... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so... How I'm saying is, like, I refer to everything through time. If you have a love for something or someone in this time frame, and then you have a, a human moment where you're not selfless in that moment, you think about yourself over that person. For that time period, you don't love that person because the characteristics that you're saying don't. It's the opposite. You said selfless. You're not being, you're being selfish. Does that mean that in that small time frame that there is no love? Because you can't have no love and then still love at the same time. No, I think that, well, because also love, because love does embody grace. Like that is something that the other person would have to give to that person in that moment is like extend grace. Like, all right, you're having a moment. That's cool. I can forgive and look past it and move on. Like if people are both operating out of a place of love, then one person can make up for the other person when the other person isn't operating in love. It doesn't mean that the other person 
doesn't have love. It means that in that moment, maybe yeah, but you're talking love. just because that person loves this person doesn't mean that this person loves that person in a single moment. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I'm saying love can be defined infinitely because yeah. love is both selfish and unselfish. It's both disciplined and indisciplined. I hear what you're saying, and that's your definition of love. But for everybody else, that definition can be completely, like, complete opposites, actually. Because it's all based on understanding of your experience. To a dog and a, and a, and a human, if a, a person goes in and into a room, pets this dog, feeds this dog, that's all that dog knows as, and that's it. That's all that dog knows as love. That's providing an essential need. So now to that dog, that definition of love or that human for bestowing love or giving love is just petting and feeding. There's no experiences. It's just only the trust between them that that food is coming at a certain time and that pet is coming at a certain time. That body rub is coming at a certain time. So for them, that's the love between them. But for everybody else who knows more, that's not love. That's just a simple action. But if you want to define it in that moment and you want to gloss it up in that moment, that could be love. That's all I'm saying. We can define it in an infinitely vast timelines and voids. Like that can be the definition of love for them too. Okay. So I think overall you are kind of defining love more as a feeling and I'm defining it more as an action. That's what I mean based off of your answers and mine. Like I'm saying that love is more... I don't know. That's what I, I, I mean, I mean if I'm like making it just a grand okay. overall, yeah. which, yeah, everyone has their own view. What non-sexual behaviors turn you on the most? Anything selfless. It's not, I don't think there's a specific thing, but selflessness is a very, very, very big thing for me. Thoughtfulness, discipline, high morals, assertiveness, decisiveness. Oh, decisiveness. Yes, that is... Now I feel like I'm just naming things that I am. <laughs> Loki, Loki, I feel like I'm just naming things that I am. It's just because that would that would fit easier into my schedule. But then also, now that I think about it, countering that is like plenty of things that I wouldn't usually do. But you have to get to know me in order to know what that is. I'm adventurous in, in specific ways. I'm not adventurous in like wild ways. Like I'm not jumping out of a perfectly good airplane with engines that still work and wings that are still functional. So Okay, my turn. Is yes, that it? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. I find it very attractive when a man takes the lead, when he's a leader. Because I'm a strong leader and I want someone who I can also look to as someone that I could follow. I think a man that knows what he wants and chases after it tenaciously, like with passion. I think discipline is extremely attractive and someone that has a massive vision for their life like way outside of themselves where they have a big purpose. I think when a man initiates, that's very attractive. When he initiates spending time together, or has ideas or plans, fun adventures to like bring you closer and have those shared experiences, like where you don't have to do all the work, but they actually like, oh, I thought we could, this could do, be fun. Or I think that's super attractive. I think generosity is very attractive. It doesn't have to be monetarily, but generous with your time or generous with your heart, like being open and vulnerable. Super attractive. There's a lot, but I'll go with those. Yeah, there is a lot. <laughs> I also like when a woman takes initiative. Not out of like a, a laziness because I'm a goer as well. Two doers in the same pod is... Okay, I want to add one more. I think 
if a man makes you feel safe and secure, like, or make sure that you're safe, that's also like, that feels really good. If someone's like, ah. did you, you know, did you make it home? Are you good? And do you, did you, you know, checking up on you? Like that's super attractive because you know that you're, they're thinking about you and that they care about your overall safety. Yeah. But overall, I mean, both like effort is, is attractive. Like on both ends, yes. effort is yes. definitely attractive. Okay. I like this question. What are your top five pet peeves when it comes to the opposite sex? Top five? Yes. That sounds like something I should have written down. <laughs> <laughs> top five. Lying, lack of discipline, like, or lack of morals without, like, not being selfless. Now, I'm just naming things that were the opposite of what I said before, but, like, those are, yeah. yeah. Okay. Off the top of my head, like, if I had a chance to actually think, it would be a... A little different. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. I did kind of write mine down because I did. I came up with the question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, I disrespecting and sexualizing women is is okay. repulsive to me. Like that just is like ugly, disgusting. Yeah, I think emotional immaturity is like intolerable. That's a that's a grade though. At what point on the scale is emotional immaturity? I mean, let's just say, like, a, a very low amount of maturity is very unattractive. Like, if you're emotionally just immature and you're acting like you're 12 when you're 35, super unattractive. Very I'm being very, <laughs> but go being ahead. very... Go ahead. <laughs> I think insecurity masked as self-absorption is really ugly and unattractive. Can you give me an example? Yeah. Insecurity masked as self like, have you ever been on a date with someone and all they do is talk about themselves and all their accomplishments and everything they've ever done and they don't ask you a single question or care oh, to get to okay, know you? Okay, okay. They're like, yeah, and last week, like, I had, like, 10 auditions. I booked seven of them. Yeah, and you're a I very attractive woman, Jazz, so you probably go on a lot of dates. I don't, I don't go. <laughs> I actually haven't been like, on a whole lot of dates, but I'm saying it doesn't even have to be on a date. It could be in a conversation. I've had people at church, you know, like someone just come up and be like, oh, yeah. So and just for 20 straight minutes, just talking about all the things that they've like done, oh, that, you okay. know, and just like bragging on all the. But you know what? I know that that stems from insecurity, because if you're a secure person, you don't need to be tuning your own horn all day and all the time and have no interest in anyone but yourself. That's a very self-absorbed insecurity, I think. I think self-absorbed, yes, but I don't know if about insecurity. And we can go through the rest of your list, but I, I, yeah. I don't know if it's insecurity because at a baseline of, of humanity, the idea is to repopulate. And that simple idea is like, I find this person attractive. How can I get this person to find me attractive? And they, only, they don't know how much time they have, so they just start spewing. So I don't know if it's insecurity necessarily but is it the possibility that it could be yeah yeah definitely there is the possibility i would just say i guess more times than not it usually if, if if a person has to constantly try to prove themselves to you then they don't but you just met the person no these are people i've well okay <laughs> i'm not yeah all right and my last one is fearful someone that is in that lives in constant state of fear could be fear of the unknown fear of failure fear of but like to constantly live in fear is not from a place of power or a place of like knowing like i don't know confidence it's out of a place of also i guess insecurity and 
lack of knowing yourself or believing in yourself. I think you're getting away from the idea of be- people being human. Fear you is... You can have fear, but I'm saying there are people who literally live in fear. I That's, live through fear. What? I've lived through fear for most of my life. Fear of failure? I don't think you live in fear because I, I, it doesn't show from the fruit of your life. If you lived in fear, the fruit of your life would not look like the way that it does. I didn't grow up in the, in the best situation. We lacked resources, <laughs> a lot of resources. My entire goal was to get out of that situation. So I made sure that I tried my best because I did not want to go back to that. And then once I got to a certain point, I kept that same mentality so that I could continue to progress and then make sure that my family was not in in that situation. And then my goal from that is to make sure all of my friends that I grew up with in that situation are no longer in that situation. I'm still fighting for it now. Am I there? No, but there's still that fear. It may not be as big as it was when I was in middle school and high school, but there's still that, that fear of not getting back to that championship, the fear of not getting that A again, the fear of not being the light that my mom believes that I am. There's definitely fear. And then even at a baseline of being human, fear protects us. I think fear can freeze a person and keep them frozen. Like without, they don't move to make those changes. I think you can use fear to your advantage. I think that you can, like how you've done, is what I think you did is you use the fear to fuel you to action, to actually make decisions for your life that would create a better outcome. Yeah. But living in fear is not, that you're not describing that. You're not living in fear. Living in fear would be like lack of those decisions to move forward and make those changes and in a state like you're living in a state of power versus if you lived in fear then you wouldn't even attempt to achieve those goals because you wouldn't think that you were able i think that's just perspective i think that's the individual so if (laughs) yeah no seriously because if there's two people and they both come from the same background they both have the same fear one could freeze one could act i decided to act and it just so happens that i also had a, a bunch of blessings and luck on my side however you wanted to describe it, that I was in the right situations and made the most of those situations. I was in some of the wrong situations and I was able to keep my life in some ways on the right path. But that doesn't mean that fear wasn't the motivator. Even on the opposite end, it's like keep you from doing things. I am not jumping out of a perfectly good airplane. I'm also not just going to be free swimming in the middle of the ocean. Like, I do have a, every human has fear. Everyone has fear. I'm saying, if you allow fear to control you and your life, and you're living in a constant state of worry, and like, and and just, you know what I mean? That is what I'm talking about. I'm not saying you can't have fear. That's a human emotion that we all feel. I think there's depth to what you're saying. So like, I do live in a constant (laughs) state of fear. I literally put my seatbelt on every single, like, that's small, right? But that's wisdom how is that fear that's wisdom that you know you have the knowledge that if i don't wear the seatbelt, i could die if i got in a car accident but you're but framing you, it as wisdom because it's me you're not i'm like we're speaking about the entire population right are we speaking about me when you say it's an unattractive to, for a man to live in fear i live in fe- i'm not i don't i have a fear of spiders God, you are so funny okay, <laughs> you are hilarious <laughs> but it's, it's the truth I have the fear of we all not- have fears. I'm not I'm not arguing that at all. 
you know, maybe we should go to the next okay, question. Yeah, this is just getting out of hand. Let's go to the next question. All right, all right, all right. Do you think people should only date their equal? And if so, what would that, like, define that? And then why or why not? These questions are dense. No, I don't think people could, should, should date their equal. Because equality looks different for every single person, for one. But I'm also a numbers person. And the probability of finding someone that you consider your equal, because most people have an elated sense of who they actually are, is damn near impossible. In order to date an equal, that person also has to see you as that equal. So no, it's not about being equal. It's about being compatible. That's all you're getting from me. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, short answer from Montez on that one. Yes. That was a very yeah, like... Cookie cutter. <laughs> I think I'm going to define it a little bit differently. I think people should date people of their equal, like moral, moral, like they should have some things that are equal as in morality, their values should be aligned, that kind of thing I think should be equal. And I think that also you should date someone that is, or be with someone that is either at your level or ahead of you, like never beneath you, because then how is there going to be a lot of progression? So now we're defining at your level. Again, in certain things, and the things that really matter, like the core values, belief systems, those kind of things, like those should be equal. I'm not saying on every level they need to be exactly like you. I don't think that. So should we have that like conversation on like the first date? What's your advice? Like, should we bring up financials? Should we bring up what's your religion? Should we bring up? Oh, I definitely what's your political. Do. You do? Do you? Uh, not the not maybe not the politics. I don't bring that up on. The first day. I mean, technically, religion is largely politics. Okay, that's arguable. But I do bring up, this is my belief system. This is how I see the world. This is where I'm headed. This is what I want out of life. This is what my, like, those are things that, yeah, I'd rather get that out the way. I'm not- So just to play devil's advocate. Of course, always. When you do that, is that not the same thing as a guy- in church, coming up to you and was like, "Yeah, I did this this week, and I did that this week, and I truly." Well, no, because it's this. a conversation. It's a back and forth. It's a what are you first? You ask the question. Also, it doesn't matter the content it. of the conversation. It's just the conversation only being about that person is what you're saying. Really. So I'm saying, like, if I were to sit down and have a date, someone, I most likely would be the one to probe those questions. Like, most likely, a guy is not going to be like, "Oh, so how do you, you know, how do you view the world? What makes you up in the morning?" That's because you're you're very different. No, every most people just like most people that go on. No, I want to call it dates. Even if you just meet somebody, most people just want to keep the conversation very surface level. Yes, right. Because no one wants to poke the unknown bear. It could lead into something that could be catastrophic for a potential positive relationship or a potentially tragic relationship all in the span of you said 20 minutes earlier. <laughs> I, I'd rather know right away. And I would be the first to ask the question. I wouldn't start answering those questions. By the way, this is how I think. This is how I feel. I would be like, hey, what do you think about? I'm, I would like ask those questions, yeah. you know. No, I, so I get that. Yeah. What are those questions? I mean, for one, for sure, what what is your belief system? That would be like okay. one of my big ones. What's your five year plan? Okay, now that's a whole <laughs> different question. Whoa, hello. <laughs> we'll leave that to another session because we don't got time for all that right I now. I mean, that would help you help the elimination process. It's like I had one woman, she was like, You seem like you have yourself well put together. I'm trying to have a baby within a year. I was like, 
like, wait, like what? That helps the elimination process for her. But like, to me, I had to like actually explain to her, like, if somebody tells you that they're willing to have a baby with you within three months, like to conceive a baby within three months, they're probably not the type of person that you want to be with long term. And this woman was, she's, she's, she's very successful. She's very put together, collective, but it was like, that's her time. And that pressure from society is like really on her. Like that's her time. So I was like, eh. is, <laughs> but she, I mean, she was great. She's a great human being, but that's just not, that, that's just not the way for me. Is that one of those questions for you? If you'd be like, all right, I, I need to be married within a year. Not saying you, that's you, but like, is that, I mean, I think that's not like a first date question for sure. I do think that if you're dating someone, the timeline of what is your expectations of this, 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 those should be discussed. Damn. It's cutthroat out here, folks. I mean, I, is that not like a good question to ask? That no, you, just I to mean, see if you're on the same page. So my thing is, I'm very open for people to be people. Like, you can ask me anything, but be prepared for the answer. Because most times, my answers are not going to be what people expect. This is why we're doing this podcast. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair. So, is it possible to fall in love at first sight? Yes, for other people. <laughs> for me, like, what makes me fall in love with somebody is not the physical. So, if the majority of how you define love or an individual defines love is on physique or is on appearance or it could be as something as simple as how you do your makeup or how you fashion your clothes because someone could be in love with fashion and then that person's fashion sense is what they fall in love with and there can be the connection of dots that that person has a mentality to put this style of clothes together that that person falls in love with all it takes is something small but for me, my mind is going to go to like steps six, seven, and eight. If I see somebody who's fashion sense that I like, like, damn, I like that outfit. I don't know if you actually put it together, so we're not going to go that far. And it's the same thing with like, do I am, is it a gateway towards getting to that point, towards getting to that level of attraction? Yes. It's impossible not to have that physical feel for someone. And then progress. Like you have to be physically attracted to that person in order to eventually evolve to love in my situation. But for other people, yes, love at first sight is a very, very real thing because that's how they define or they come to the idea of love. You seem so drawn back right now. Like I'm talking, you're just like. (laughs) I'm about to slap you right now. Oh, that's funny. Okay, well, the thing is, is that I don't think that it's all physical, like what you're saying, if you fall in love at first sight. I think you can fall in love with someone's aura in there. Right, you fall in love with the idea of that person. Right, totally. That's what I just described. No, you only described physicality and fashion. Okay. No, I described the fashion was the connective piece, and then that person decides that the person that is wearing that outfit created that outfit, and because they love fashion so much... Because they have that idea of creating that outfit, they fall in love with the idea. And because they have the idea, they fall in love with the person. Okay. (laughs) No, so I was going to share a story. My grandpa, (laughs) when he got back from uh, being overseas, he went went to the bar with his buddies. 
And he saw my grandma from across the room. She was dancing and laughing and smiling with her girlfriends and just like so free and just full of life and happy and full of joy. And he just like saw her and he told his buddy, he's like, you see that girl over there? I'm going to marry that girl. And he walked over to her, introduced himself. They danced. I mean, I'm not going to say the rest is history, like, but it kind of is. Like that, he, he literally saw her and was like, everything about her. He said, I saw her enjoying her like fully and just like how free she was and the way that she just had. He loved what she was, yeah, given. And so, but what's idea. funny is that they had only gone on a few dates and then she, he found out that she was engaged and yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> And then he was like, who is that that you were on the phone with? And she said, oh, that was my fiance. And then he said, oh, I did not know you had a fiance. And he said, all right, well, you have two choices. You either call him back right now and tell him that you're with me now and that we're going to be together. The streets was even rough in the pool. Like, <laughs> or he's like, or I'm walking out that door and you won't see me or hear from me again. And she called her fiance back and said she broke it off. And then my grandpa Yep, swooped in, swept, swept her off her feet, and they were they got married. You're never safe. <laughs> Ever. That's a great story. That's a beautiful, like, Disney-esque kind of story. It's like, I mean, from that perspective, because the other guy is crushed. Again, I think he fell in love with the future of her, which for me, that's, I'm not falling in love with the future of anybody. So, like, unless you're somebody that, I feel like I can build a life with now, then that's great. But if not, then it's not it's not gonna work. But yeah. Him seeing her across the dance floor and them locking eyes and heart pumping on an extreme level, <laughs> the connection. It sounds like a movie. It kinda does, yeah. Yeah. Well, and so, I don't think movies are movies. But then you hear stories like that and it's like, oh, it really did happen for them. They they were married their whole lives, you know. So in the 40s. Actually, not in the 40s. How, how did you? He's <laughs> <laughs> actually in his 90s now. Legend. Wait, what's your papa name? Jerry. Jerry is a legend. <laughs> Jerry yeah. is a legend. Yeah. But for me, again, if I met a woman that was in a relationship, it's not. It's just not happening. Because she's willing to do it once, it makes it easier to do it a second time. Except for I'm that second time. Look, it's not <laughs> happening. <laughs> No, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. I agree with that. And also, I don't think for me, falling in love at first sight is like a possibility because I don't, I'm not wired that way either. But I have heard people. So I could, yeah. I had to say like, for some that, that could be a thing. Yeah. I'm not going to take somebody's reality away. Yeah. It's just not a reality for me. That's all. Right. Yeah. Thank you for tuning into jam session number one. Tune in next week for a jam session on gender role expectations and defining the relationship. All right. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs>